Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All parents dream that their children will feel close with one another, but it's common for brothers and sisters to fight and bicker as kids. Often, sibling rivalry starts even before the second child is born and continues as kids grow and compete for everything from toys to attention and as they transition from one developmental stage to another. How can parents know when to get involved and what are steps you can take to promote peace and help your kids survive their sibling rivalry? I'm Dr. Deborah Pontillo and this is Parent Savers, episode 69. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome back, everyone, to Parent Savers, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reil. I've also got producer Aaron here in studio. Hello, hello. And she is manning the Facebook and Twitter feeds. We uh, we tape one Saturday a month, and we love to get your live participation when we do tape. So how, how can uh, folks participate, Aaron? Well, first of all, you can check out our Facebook page, Parent Savers, um, and also you can look for us on the Twitter. You can follow me at OG Mamacita, or you can follow us at hashtag Parent Savers VP, and I will be posting questions and asking for comments and responses for our podcast. Nice. We love how this is building. In our last um, last episode, we had a, a listener question, and hopefully we'll uh, see if we can get a couple for this one as well. And definitely moving forward for our future tapings, follow those pages, and you can participate in the conversation. Sonny's also in studio with us, and I'm only introducing her and I'll loop her in later because we are talking about sibling rivalry, and she has some siblings, and from what I've heard from talking to her, they are rivals sometimes. So she may be participating as well. And thanks so much to all of you guys for listening, especially those loyal listeners who've joined the Parent Savers Club. Our members get all our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show with special giveaways and discounts and more. Um, you can also subscribe to our monthly Parent Savers newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. The newsletter itself is free, keeps you up to date on what we're doing. And another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Parent Savers app available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. All right, we got the announcements out of the way, but let's go around. We've got a lot of folks in the room talking about this topic, and I think a lot of you guys will probably be interested in it as well. So let's talk about who we are, who's at the table, and you know how our kids are, and maybe if we think they're sibling rivals. Um, so, Lori, you want to go first? Yeah, I'm Lori Babb. I guide people in yoga, meditation, and consciousness development, and I'm 41, and I have two boys, two and a half and five and a half, and they definitely... Exhibit rivalry. <laughs> and I'm Cecile Neri. I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom to three kids. Um, I have a seven-year-old daughter, a six-year-old daughter, and a three-and-a-half-year-old son. And there is definitely rivalry going on in my household. As is John, we have a six-year-old boy, a four-year-old boy, and a two-year-old boy. And yeah, people always ask if they get along. So yeah, they get along great, <laughs> except Sometimes. when they don't. <laughs> and that's the sibling rivalry part. 
I'm Erin Estevez, and I am the OG Mamacita, officially geriatric mom. I have one boy, Cash. He's uh, going to be two this fall, and I am 43, and I only have sibling rivalry, uh, rivalry amongst my own siblings. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Sunny, go ahead. Hello, everyone. I'm Sunny. I'm the host and producer of Parent Savers' sister show, Preggy Pals. I am pregnant myself. Um, definitely not my first pregnancy. Um, I have two little boys at home, Sayer, who is three, Urban, who is 15 months, and I'm pregnant with identical twin girls. So, so you have sibling rivalry in your tummy right now. Maybe. You know, what's funny is they can feel each other, and I see them on the ultrasound kind of like punching and kicking. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, please, Lord. <laughs> at least they're not like sharks where they have to eat each other. Where only one survives. (laughs) Let's hope not. Right. Dr. Pontillo? Hi, I'm Dr. Deborah Pontillo. I'm a child psychologist in San Diego, California. I'm from www.howtohelpmychild.com, and I'm a mother of two. I've got a six-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son, and um, look, I'm not saying anything unique in this room. (laughs) They love each other, and they hate each other, so what are you going to do? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From time to time here on Parent Savers, we review apps uh, that are of use to parents. Uh, and today we're going to be looking at one called Archive, which is available on the iTunes Store for free, A-R-T-K-I-V-E. And what this app does is it provides a way for you to take snapshots of the art that your kid does and easily kind of file it together and also offers a way to share it. So once you kind of log on for the first time, you go ahead and you enter your family information, your kids' names. You can enter how old they are or what grade they are in. Um, and then once you set them up, you can also set up the email addresses for who you might like to be sharing with. And then after that, you can either take stuff that you've already taken pictures of or go right through the app and take pictures of the art. And the cool thing that it does is it makes it easy to, you know, quickly with a few button pushes and, and some information say, okay, this was in my case, this is my oldest kids. He did it in July of 2013. And, uh, here's a little note about it if I want to write a note about it. And then what it does is after you categorize it, it'll file it for you so that, you know, if you take a bunch of these pictures, you can easily access them by kid, by age, uh, that type of thing. Does it store it on your phone or in a cloud or how does it, where does it go? It stores it on the cloud for uh-huh. archive, but okay. it also does store it on your picture roll as well. So, so if you, you lose can... your camera, it's still in the cloud somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's still keeping it. You know, it's one of those things where actually I started doing this a couple of years ago, taking pictures of all the art because you get it and then you feel guilty that like, you know, my wife, her, her filing system was straight to the trash sometimes and I'd be like, well, I feel kind of guilty because they're so proud of it yeah and so you want to take pictures of it but we have so many pictures already yes so now just mixed in with all of these ki- these pictures that we have on our computer um or our hard drive or wherever you keep them are these random pictures of the art too uh-huh. and the trick is what do you do with them so this app kind of helps solve that problem well what i really like about the app is um that you can print up a book. Right. Because, okay, like, frankly, you know, first of all, you think, oh, I can do Shutterfly. I could do all, you know, um, Flickr. I can use all these things. But really, honestly, I mean, I started a book on cash last year and never finished it. So 
I like this because <laughs> it keeps it all condensed into one spot. Right. And it's, then I it's can sort just... of funny though that you have to in order to make a book of our kids' art, we feel like we have to take a picture of it <laughs> to put it on our phone to then make a book about it. Well, because you know it's <laughs> the modern world. Yeah, the clutter. We think, ah, oh, this piece of paper. No, no more paper. Well, plus, really. they're different sizes. Yeah, too, right? what are you gonna you do with it? How many boxes? Really? Standardized. Well, our it. attic is True. full. My husband yeah. said it's a fire hazard up there. <laughs> you can start right. a bonfire in our attic. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Fire yeah. hazard. So this app is pretty cool. It helps you do a lot of different things it's not perfect i think that the interface is a little bit clunky sometimes and uh and as far as like inputting things or sharing things you can connect it to facebook you can easily print you can take pictures from inside the app i mean overall i think it is pretty useful and i think it solves a problem that many parents face all right so archive gets a thumbs up from parent savers so check it out we'll have a link on the page this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Today's topic on Parent Savers is sibling rivalry. We're talking with Dr. Deborah Pontillo, who's going to tell us about when it starts, how to deal with it, and more. Thanks for joining us again, Dr. Pontillo. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is actually a continuation of our previous episode where we were talking about preparing for another baby. And so kind of a natural kind of thing that happens afterwards, and maybe even while it's still, um, while you're still expecting another kid is that sibling rivalry can start. So, you know, we've all kind of experienced, as we said, when we were going around, would you say that sibling rivalry is inevitable? I think it's inevitable in the sense that in any human relationship, whether it's, you know, mother and child, siblings or husband and wife, you know, we all know that in human relationships, we don't get along 100% of the time. This is part of, you know, everyone's going to have conflict, everyone's going to have disagreements. And that's part of that's part of just learning how to get along. So from that standpoint, yeah, it's, it's inevitable. Right. Yeah. I think you talk to almost any parent and they're like, yeah, the kids are having trouble getting along or, you know, so when does it start, though? When have you how, what's the earliest you've maybe seen it start? Or when can it start? Well, I think the feeling of a child, uh, you know, not having good feelings about a new sibling can start as early as knowing that there's another baby on the way, right? You know, there's there's the feeling of being threatened, there's a feeling of competition, um, you know, the older the child is, there's, there's there can be anticipation of how the future might be for them. So that can start at a very early age. And of course, that looks very different than a six year old and 11 year old you know, arguing, but it can right. start pretty early. And, and so from a young age, how can it manifest itself? Well, I think, you know, you've probably all seen this, but uh, if you have an eight or nine month old and uh, his or her mother goes and picks up an, another friend's infant and cuddles that infant, well, how does the eight or nine month old like that? Not too well. So there's already the realization that that's my mommy and, you know, I'm feeling threatened. I'm not feeling good. So that that can start very, very young. Right. And leave the tantrums and and things like that. So then how does it change? Let's talk about, you know, from a developmental standpoint, and I, and we'll go start from the younger as it gets a little bit older sure. as to how kids are dealing with it and even as they get into their early tween years and stuff. Sure. Well, I mean, I think, you know, the easiest way to think about it is the under twos. I mean, it's a very uh, much an emotional um, reaction, territorial reaction. Kids under two have not yet learned how to share, and they're not developmentally ready to learn how to share, and that's, right. that's appropriate for them. So uh, to have this other person, it's often a very self-centered 
uh, viewpoint. You know, what's interfering with my needs, with my emotional needs, with my physical property. That's my toy. Leave it alone. So it's a very kind of narcissistic but a developmentally appropriate yeah. way of looking at things. I think Dr. Karp calls them little cavemen. Yeah, right? pretty like much. <laughs> mine. Not, like they maybe know right. mine and that's how they're looking at things. Right. So, so it's very much a self-centered viewpoint. And that can continue, you know, to two, two and a half until the development of, you know, looking at things from other people's viewpoints starts to take hold. And then once that happens, then you've got the ability to, to begin to reason with another child, uh, reason with your child about having another sibling. It doesn't necessarily mean they want to see it from your perspective, but they are able to. And that's kind of your window in a little bit. Um, but then again, you know, once you get into to older kids, and we're talking about four, five, and six, um, you know, it can be co- comparisons. They're very much into fairness and equality. So what's fair, what's not fair, I don't have to, he has to, but she doesn't. And you have to start explaining to them, you know, ages mean different expectations. And fair does not always mean equal. And so that can look different than, than what a toddler um, is it becomes a new sibling. That's perfect because we got a tweet from um, Bobby at La Paz. And he was wondering about how you teach sharing to a, a, a toddler as far as sibling rivalry is going, he's saying that they have yeah. issues with sharing. Sharing is hard to teach under age two just because developmentally it requires a certain level of cognitive development and flexibility. Now, it doesn't mean you can't do it, but it means you have to have your expectations a little bit different than when you're teaching a four-year-old how to share. So, for example, um, you know, you can create different boxes you know, be very concrete. This box is for your toy only, that everything that is in that box is all yours. Anything in box number two is something that baby can touch and you can touch. And when baby is touching it, you need to wait your turn. And when you're touching it, baby waits baby's turn. Mm-hmm. And then baby's box, that's all for baby. And toddlers can understand that because it's very concrete and very visual. That's good. I like that one. Yes. <laughs> one of the phrases our two-year-old has picked up was "had it first," because <laughs> his his uh, his brothers will be like, "I had it first. I had it first. And we put we put a lot of pressure on them to like you know share with him. But he pretty quickly has learned that if he has something and he's mad, he can come up and see. I had it first. Had it first. It's important. You can show you how motivation can really get language development moving really quick. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, I guess let's continue with the developmental stages. Okay. Um, and you were talking about. I think you were in. Like the four-year-old. The four or five sort of fairness, equality, and sort of comparisons. You know, and as you get older, you know, older children, now we're talking about, you know, eight and above, they might they might have, you know, more of an independence and more of a sort of a nurturing for a much younger sibling. But there can also be a lot of resentment. You know, I don't want to have to take care. I don't want to have the burden. I, you know, and that can be rivalry in and of itself because there's a little bit of, um, you know, age-appropriate independence and maybe a little bit of, of age-appropriate um, lack of willingness to participate maybe in the way that a younger child might just do because yeah. mommy said so. So and, that can change. And so rivalry doesn't it's like it doesn't mean that they're hitting or they're yelling at each other. There's other ways, other things right. that it can mean it manifest itself. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. And what I what I don't what I do want to get across to families is you know a lot of families that I see um, come to me for sibling rivalry issues and and the kids have been really violent and physically violent. I think you had kind of talked yeah. about that a little bit. Um, and, and that is definitely not a normal part of sibling rivalry. Right. Um, If I can just jump in, I got another perfect comment from Andrea Lebidsky. She's saying that her first child actually humped the second child. (laughs) 
Humped? Humped. Is that, is yeah, that she said she climbed onto the couch and sort of humped the baby. Like sort a of. show of dominance and then, or something. Exactly, she uh, said, like a dog. Like dogs do. <laughs> Patted the kid's head and got off the couch. That is interesting. <laughs> well, and no, something I, she's seen. Maybe she's been to the, the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, but we do have, um, because our cousins where, you know, the older one, you know, would like, I think he got violent with the baby, like when it came, that he you know, would physically act out towards it or you just get so mad and full of rage with it. And that's what you're saying isn't necessarily normal. No, 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 absolutely not. And, you know, I think, you know, there's a big difference between aggressive behavior if a two and a half or, you know, toddler, uh, you know, a a little baby crawls up and takes the toy or knocks down the the, the tower as a sort of swat. That's one thing. But to to violence towards aggression towards an infant or even, you know, two school-aged children showing physical aggression um, on a regular basis is not. That's even beyond what we're talking about and, right. that, and that's the type of behavior that you know what kind of help can people get for that can they well I think you know right away you need to you need to consult with a specialist like your school psychologist or child psychologist because you know you there's a fine line between sibling rivalry and sibling abuse a lot of families think oh is you know I've got boys they're rough they're pelting each other in the head you know I think my, my rule of thumb is use the classroom model so if you're a school teacher in a school would this be tolerated in your classroom hmm. and if the answer is no then don't tolerate it in your house Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's good. Yeah, I like that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what effect does gender have on, you know, sibling rivalry? Do you see differences between if it's an older sister as the oldest in the family versus an older brother? So there actually has, they have done a little bit of research on this, not a whole lot because there's no, uh, not a lot of funding for it. But, but what they have shown is, yeah, w- when there's an older sister, that older sister tends to be more nurturing. Um, with the baby, and that nurturing effect uh, actually is greater the greater age gap between the older sister and the younger sibling. Um, and whereas the older brothers may not be so uh, involved in the nurturing and caretaking. Um, and they also show that with same gender siblings, that there often uh, can be slightly more competition and comparisons, usually by the parents, though. It seems to be more of a parenting effect than necessarily it happens in isolation. But that, that just generally seems to happen because obviously interests are the same. Uh, my Legos, your Legos, my soccer team won this many games, your soccer yeah. team won that many games. It's, it's, it's intuitive actually it's almost an issue beyond siblings that like mm-hmm. we see with our kids you have three boys right yeah three yeah. boys but comparing it with like you know we've had to tone back the rivalry if you will or the competition talk because it just it never ends well right <laughs> i know where this is going somebody's not gonna win and right someone's gonna be sad right yeah well all right let's take a break here this is a good point and then when we come back let's talk about some ways that parents can help deal with the rivalry maybe knowing when to step in when they just know what's natural that absolutely kind of stuff. all right Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're talking about sibling rivalry with Dr. Deborah Pontillo here on Parent Savers. So how can parents know when to intervene with sibling rivalry and when to let it go? You know, what's natural and when is it like, I need to do something about this? 
Well, I think, you know, my, my general rule of thumb is for, for children who are, you know, under the age of, of five or six, they, they pretty well need supervision and you to intervene because you have to think about this. This is a real um, social skill. And they're developing their ability for social problem solving, social reasoning, and what we call social thinking, which is the ability to think outside of your own needs and to think about what your peer, or in this case, sibling, is thinking and how that affects your behavior. And kids under the age of five or six, they really, um, when conflicts do arise, don't have a lot of skills to rely on to resolve those conflicts. So they do need coaching. That doesn't mean you're intervening all the time. You know, sometimes maybe it's just keeping an ear out and hoping that it goes well. But but when things start to go wrong, they do require parent intervention. Um, I think when you read online, you probably come up with internet resources that say, let your kids handle it. I think what they're really talking more towards is the older, uh, school-age children who really should know better. I mean, these are kids who've been in school. They've been in playground conflicts. They've pretty well had the experience and the skills to resolve conflicts. And you'd like to to not jump in and hold their hand every single time. Well, and it's not that I think, I don't think kids can be expected to naturally have this instinct to negotiate and handle conflict. (laughs) The instinct is the opposite, right? Pull hair, hit, kick, do whatever you can to get your way. Not fair, yeah. So I think you do need to give them the skills and then know when to start stepping back to see if they're able to apply those skills. Right, yet. right. And I think even just hovering just to give them the praise about what they did right is huge because I think a lot of this squabbling is for parent attention. So if you're there to just hover and just hear, hey, I love how you gave your sister blah or you decided to give him or her a turn, that can go a long way too. A tool that I learned recently through positive discipline, sort of a mm. school of parenting, yeah. was to come have a wheel of choice and it could be in any kind of conflict situation, but you have made it up. It's something that you've made several choices of actions that you can take. I guess it could be a list too, but they do it as a wheel. Where And I've tried to start using that with my five and a half year old. You know, okay, so what are your choices here? Or not even showing him that. Sometimes we just talk about them. So, okay, you can argue with him. You can yell at him. You can take the toy. You can't. What happens? You know, and just helping them to see this, you know, the natural consequences of, right. well, right. Okay, go with that choice, you know, and then see how it works out, you know, and what are your other options too, you know. And then they start learning the costs and the benefits of certain choices. What about if they argue about which choice? <laughs> right. Well, you of course, you'd address, you know, self-responsibility. Yeah, it's true, right? They're not probably going to always agree on how to. Well, I guess that's where some of the other comments that I've been getting on Facebook would come in because people are like, oh, smack them, spank them like we all used to get. <laughs> and, you know, and I said, um, how about something that's a little less violent and that won't land parents in jail? <laughs> so. Yeah. Right. You got to parents have to be, you know, especially careful about how they resolve conflict because even even just between husband and wife or partners, right. uh, that the modeling goes a long way. And so if you get angry and frustrated and you yell, mm-hmm. um, how do you think your kids are going to resolve their conflicts? Yeah, there are definitely times when I see our, our, like our kids get frustrated and be like, "Oh man, is he acting like me or is he acting like my wife?" Like, yeah. I, like where is he learning that? Like he's picking that out from somewhere. Right. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> these kids are going to these. They find the craziest things to be rivals about, you know. And it really is. Oh, well, let me see what he wants first, and then oh, I'm yeah. gonna make the choice the just opposite. because <laughs> that. And like they think that we don't know what they're doing, but uh-huh. we something totally they normally do. hate, they all of a sudden love. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I feel like my middle child, um, and it's funny because the there's rivalry between my oldest daughter and my middle daughter. Um, 
and then there's rivalry between my middle daughter and my youngest son, but not so much between my oldest and my youngest. She's very nurturing towards my um, yeah. my baby, and you know, sometimes she's six, a uh, seven, so you know, they they do have their squabbles, but. Um, my middle daughter has it from both sides. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And, and I do notice with what you said earlier to highlight when they do something good. And I think a lot of the times it's just them. They want my attention. Right. And so when I give it to them, then I notice there's a shift in behavior and they are more open to sharing and being nicer to that sibling. Exactly. Um, so I think a lot of the times it's not so much that they want to be better than that other person. It's just they want you to um, make them feel like, you know, to, to feel validated. Be recognized right, and validated. Right. Absolutely. Right. When I see the rivalry get up, sometimes I know that they're getting tired. Mm-hmm. So I'll say, mm-hmm. okay, time for a story. We're all going to load, you know, go lie down and read a right. story. Mm-hmm. And that usually works because it diverts because they're just getting tired and frustrated yeah. and it's coming out that way. Right. Yeah. Right. I have some situations come up sometimes where I can really understand why both are frustrated mm-hmm. and sometimes even think that, you know what? They're both kind of right. It's like, what do you do, like, to step in there when there's not, like, a clear, like, all right, you need to, there's not, like, a clear, a clear lesson, like, oh, you both kind of have, right? Or maybe that is the lesson. That is the lesson. I think that's perfect because, you know, how often would this happen at work with a, with a coworker or, you know, with your partner or spouse? You know, you can't all, nothing's black and white in life. And so here's a situation where, gosh, you're both right. What are we going to do? And come back to that wheel situation. Right. What are our what are our possibilities? You know, let's figure it out. Or if it's just frustration and they need to manage their frustration, you'll go to your corners. I think a lot of times we forget that kids need their own space they call yeah. theirs and their own, you know, that their own property and their own time. And, and maybe they just need to, you know, take a break and come back to it. You have some parenting strategies to ho- to foster healthy relationships. So if you could tell us about that, right, too. right. Well, I think I, I spoke of one which is major, which, which sounds like it's pretty simple, but I find a lot of families forget about it. And this, you can even do this even if your house is or, or, or is small, but. Uh, kids really need their own space and their own stuff. So, um, you know, they need to have, you know, a room or a corner of the room that is truly theirs. And, and parents really need to be more very proactive about enforcing this because, of course, that's a real, you know, a trick that kids love to get in each other's space. But it really has to be a family rule just like no hitting. And it has to be enforced because kids need to feel they have their own territory and they have what's theirs. They don't need to share everything. Some things are truly privately theirs and need to be respected. And that can help kids learn to share the other things, including the communal part of the house that's for everyone, but also the property and everything else and be more flexible in that arena because they have that, uh, you know, their own private Idaho, if you will. That's hard with an almost two-year-old. Though, it is. It's to very keep their difficult. Hands off those. Uh-huh. And they're at an age um, where they don't—they're afraid to be alone. Um, and so, m- we have a tri-level. And so, they're at an age where I can't just say, "Well, you go up to the third floor and you go down to the bottom floor." So we all kind of hang out in the on the middle level. Um, and I try to say, "Well, why don't you go over there and read?" And Bella, you can do your crafts over here. Um, or why I can't just say, "Why don't you go upstairs on?" and sit on your bed because, well, I'm I'm scared. I want you to come with me. Um, And obviously I can't because I have two others. And so that's kind of a challenge um, for for me. Um, And and so we try to break up the living area um, as best as we can, but it's hard because I've got a three and a half who won't sit still and he's in everybody's business. But they might Um, not need their space right now. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that's something that might come later for every child is different. You know, Mm -hmm. your seven-year-old might be ready and your others may not be, Mm -hmm. but, but still having their own stuff. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know. For so far, I have a two and a half year old at home, and um, he has his little penguin doll that's his, and his little you know truck and a plane. Mm-hmm. And uh, big sister just can't come grab it whenever she feels like it. And he may or may not get that or care even, but we put it in in one drawer that's his drawer and that's his toy box and that's it. And it, he doesn't. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't want to go and spend time in his room alone like my six six and a half year old does. Mm-hmm. But there's a sense of what's mine, and therefore there's a sense of the other things which are communal, and that kind of gives a ba- healthy boundary to the house. When I was a kid, I'm, I'm the baby of four. Um, we all had to share things, but we each had our own seat, and we got to pick our own seat out. And so I had a red bean bag, and my older sister had a yellow bean bag, and we could take that bean bag wherever we wanted in the house, wherever everybody was hanging out, and that was your private bean bag. Great idea. That's you know, my idea. yeah, my brother had a, had one of those like foldy chairs, and I don't remember what my other sister had, but. I sure knew what my beanbag looked like, I'll tell you. And if anybody touched it, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you had permission to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you By know. all forces necessary. And we had yeah. talks about squatters' rights and everything, yeah. you know, so it was... <laughs> That's it was awesome. Like <laughs> do they still sell beanbags? They do. Yeah, we yeah. have still one. A thing? We have one. It's awesome. Right. Any other tips? Yeah, I mean, um, so a lot of squabbles are, are you know, are going to be around uh, whose turn is whose and when. So another tip that you can do is um, have your child have a day so you can alternate it on the calendar you know Monday is child one and Tuesday is child two so that's their turn for first pick at you know the the cookie jar or you know their turn to choose the game if it's you know they're fighting over games whatever they fight over there's no fighting if Monday's your day and Tuesday's your day and Wednesday's your day and Thursday's your day and Friday is voting day you know so they have a sense that that they have something that's theirs they're not going to fight about it who sits in which seat or blah 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 and you can kind of plan it out as a schedule and just eliminate that from the equation nice we do that on vacation sometimes today's your day to hit the buttons on the elevator tomorrow will be his day to hit the buttons on the elevator Right. Otherwise, every every elevator rides a battle. But how, I mean, it, you have then, I think, an issue of when one child starts to lord over the other. You know, it's right. like, oh, no, today is my day. <laughs> <laughs> how, how would you handle that? Well, I think, you know, you have to, you do have to have a certain number of standing rules in the house. Just like you have no hitting and no punching, you know, words hurt too. So, you know, just as you, inf- you would enforce if one child bit another, you also say no name calling, mm-hmm. you know, and, and no teasing or taunting because that's a form of bullying. And, and I think I mentioned this before mm-hmm. in my classroom model. If you're a school teacher and you observe you know, this kind of taunting in your classroom, would you tolerate it? No. So you don't tolerate it at home either. It's just one of your rules of of your house. Do you see that older parents will treat older kids differently than younger kids a lot when it comes to civil rights? Or maybe you guys have that experience. Like, I feel like we ask more of our older, more concessions. Like, I know it's totally not fair on you, (laughs) but... You're going to need to let him happen. It happens naturally just because he is able to do more. But then, you know, but then, you know what, that's okay because what, what, what's great about it is if you can, as a parent, also build in some things that some privileges that are unique to him for being the oldest so he can feel special. Like, look, okay, I have to give for my younger brothers on X, Y, and Z. But they aren't allowed to stay up late once a week for right. late night. And they aren't allowed to go to such and such with daddy because that's only for me. So yeah. something that makes him feel unique and special about being the oldest, that can kind of make help right. the payoff a little bit. My friend was just telling me that she deals with her oldest daughter, who's I think four years older than her um, son, nine and five, I think, um, that when she does get mad that something's 
you know, not the same. And she, all right, you want equal? I can make everything equal, but there are times where you get bigger portions or I let you, yeah. So it's, yeah. And with an older that. child, I mean, the older they get, you can talk about fair and equality and that they're not really the same thing. Um, you know, so I, you know, you, you can never be equal. Nothing will ever be equal. You yeah. are actually going to get more privileges sooner than your younger brothers. Right. Is that equal? No. But is it fair? Yes. Cause you're the biggest. <laughs> but then I so hear, how, go would, ahead. how would you handle, um, your middle child? I mean, I feel bad sometimes because she um you know she she gets clothes that my older child has worn before um and yet she's not the baby of the family so sometimes I feel bad for her and I don't really know um you know how to to make her feel as important as the other to beyond you know we love you you're special um you know I, I don't know how to make her feel like her place in the family is just as important as the other two right well I mean I think you know it depends on the individual child but but you probably know your middle child better than anybody, and you can probably tell me, uh, you won't have time here, but what her specific talents and strengths are and how, mm-hmm. how her specific talents and strengths are different from her siblings. And that is going to really be a great avenue for you to um, you know, spend a lot of time and attention with, whether it be she's the best, I don't know, bike rider of them all, mm-hmm. or she's the best singer of them all, or she's the best gymnast of them all, or she's really great at cooking with mommy, something that makes mm-hmm. her unique, and really just develop that as something that she's interested in and proud of, and that she can have self-confidence with, and teach the others, both the older one and the younger one, because that's her mm-hmm. niche. I think our middle one is in a unique position, a special one, because he gets to have a close relationship with the older one and the younger, like based on our spacing. But, you know, they're in a unique position to get pulled up to their older brother, but also then get pulled down to the younger one, too. Yeah. I mean, they do. They do get uh, these are the kids that, you know, in, in research end up being the most flexible of all the birth orders and able to get along with more people. Their social skills are often the highest, best developed. Mm-hmm. Like the all right, well, we covered off on a lot, and hopefully um, we covered off on everyone's questions. Any more coming in from Twitter and Facebook? That was great to get some of those, so thanks so much for participating. And thanks so much for the conversation again, Dr. Pontello. Great to have you in. Thanks to Lori and Cecile for being in studio as well. For more information about sibling rivalry or for more information about any of our panelists, visit the episode page on our website. We're actually going to continue the conversation briefly for members of our Parent Savers Club. After the show, Dr. Pontello is going to tell us about sibling rivalry with, wait for it, twins Sonny make sure to stay tuned for that one Um, for more information about the Parent Savers Club visit our website parentsavers.com with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case I pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listener Jenna from Texas asks a question via email. She writes, my son has been diagnosed with PDD-NOS last summer. He is delayed in speech and has sensory issues. My husband is having a really hard time with this. Why is it so hard for men to accept the diagnosis for their own child? He has blamed me and my side of the family for our son's special needs, but there's no evidence. What's the best way to handle this situation? Hi, Jenna. My name is Dr. Dan Singley, and I'm a clinical psychologist specializing in men's issues, and in particular, 
new fatherhood. The first thing I would say is um, you didn't say how old your, your child is, and so that draws to bear on the validity of the diagnosis. I can't armchair somebody else, but um, uh, PDD-NOS, or pervasive developmental disorder not otherwise specified, is in a sense a, a catch-all for some developmental uh, clusters of developmental delays, and that may or may not stick. Having delayed speech, the speech may get caught up in having sensory issues as well. Um, there's a lot of high-quality occupational therapy that can, um, that can help a child to develop a more balanced sensory diet. Um, but that aside, the, the quick answer to your question is that um, mental health stigma abounds, and men very commonly, when they feel really painful emotions like shame, fear, um, regret, rather than connecting with them as such, they'll come along with other feelings that they're more comfortable expressing, like anger, frustration, and irritation. And, and going on the blame game is really likely to be a manifestation of that kind of, of reaction, a way to keep away from the much more threatening feelings about, well, geez, this isn't what it looks like in the Hollywood movies, and what's my life as a father of a, of a special needs child going to be? which can be a fairly threatening issue to, uh, to deal with. Um, what, I would, what I would suggest is to just bring that recognition with you, and if it's playing out where uh, you're having difficulties in your relationship, of course get um, couples counseling to see about developing some communication skills to, to work through those concerns. Um, the other is, and he's very unlikely to want to do this, is my guess, but... Um, if there are groups or information about fathers of kids that do have special needs um, to see about connecting your husband with them, are you going and, and, and checking them out to see what, what sorts of resources or information there are? Um, because you're certainly not the first person to be in this situation. I appreciate you calling in. It's a thoughtful question, and I wish you all the best. That wraps it up for today's episode of Parent Savers, actually for the second part of our two-part Parent Savers series. If you didn't check out the first one, go back and listen to the episode about preparing for another baby. Um, next week, we'll be taping one about, we'll be talking about healthy eating strategies, so join us for that too. We appreciate you listening to Parent Savers, and don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. This is Parent Savers, empowering new parents. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating healthcare problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.